0: I went on a health journey long enough to then make my decision to do this for all the, the joy it brings into my life.
1: I was better able to work with life's difficulties that came my way because the brain fog had cleared.
2: Welcome to You Cured What? The podcast of reversing the irreversible. This is where you hear how real people are healing from conditions that most people think they're stuck with for life. I'm your host, Joe Kalb. If I had to give you some medical advice, I'd go to medical school and get a medical degree. Seriously, nothing in this podcast is medical advice, nor is it intended to substitute as such. Now, enjoy the You Cured What? conversation. Before we start in, With this podcast of healing, I want to plug another project I've been working on, a website of healing, diseasereversals.com. DiseaseReversals.com is an online grassroots catalog of healing. It catalogs disease reversal stories posted online across the web, across the world. It categorizes them by disease and by diet used. There are already hundreds. Of disease reversals catalog at disease dot com this website is for anyone asking can my condition say type 2 diabetes be improved with diet check out disease dot com and see what has been happening in the real world oh heal, yeah disease reversals dot com This episode of You Cured What has not just one guest, but two. It's fitting that they are coming on the podcast together because they have supported each other in their journeys, healing from all sorts of issues. Sleep apnea, severe allergies, joint pain, anxiety, depression, and more. They have healed themselves by using a combination of modern science and ancestral wisdom. Welcome to a shining couple of healing, Larry and Kaylin Diamond. How are you doing today?
1: Uh, doing well. Thanks so much for having us.
0: Doing very well. Uh, I appreciate the intro and uh, hope you're doing well
2: also. Uh, thanks, Larry. Thanks, Kaylin. Uh, I'm excited. This is the first time I've had two guests on. Um, I know it sounds like uh, your journey's kind of started back in uh, 20 well 2013 and 2014. Would you be able to give a little bit of uh, background as far as um, where you're coming from health wise and um, and what started to happen as you uh, started to make changes?
0: Absolutely. Well, um, I guess I'll go first since I went first in 2013. <laughs> you're correct. I, I and I do absolutely remember my. My starting date, it was May 1st, 2013. And I also remember my health state. And I was 47 at the time. And the best way to describe it is completely breaking down. I mean, everything, energy uh, was um, non existent. I was hungry all the time. I was anxious. I was um, uh, fatigued and uh, very weak. (laughs) <laughs> Physically weak at that time, there were actually times then and before that it was hard to to walk to the uh, mailbox. Um, not just a, a cliche. And as you um, uh, mentioned, uh, I had sleep apnea, very severe um, allergies. I would take. I was taking uh, an over the counter Claritin daily. Um, I would have to supplement that with Flonase, um, also a neti pot, and that still wasn't really uh, resolving anything. It was, at best, a, a ineffective kind of Band-Aid to just kind of limp through the day. And actually, that's a good metaphor. I was kind of limping along um, 40, 47. The, uh, uh, my uncle, who was my father figure, had gotten uh severe uh alzheimer's we were his caretakers So a lot of things were going through my mind including having a newly adopted daughter We had adopted her about a little over a year previously She was um, about two and a half At this time in uh, may 2013 and my intuition was telling me that um I was probably I didn't share this with my wife, but it was very strong um, that I was going to pass by 50 if I didn't make changes. So that kind of sets the stage. So I, I remember consciously going to the internet and wow, did I the internet did save me. It, it it is the collective uh wisdom and also um collective journeys, both the historical wisdom is available at our fingertips and also what people are doing day to day in the present. So I, I use the combination of that. And I really thought of it. uh, I have a science background. I was an environmental scientist at the time, and I thought of it as a science project of a lifetime. Um, And um, I very consciously said, I am throwing everything I've heard out about diet in particular, health and wellness in general, but diet in particular, and I really went back to simple questions. I mean, I, I question everything. Every food had to make its case um, for itself. Um, basic concepts like calorie in, calorie out. Is fat bad? Why is fat bad? You know, what's the basis for that? So uh, that was the start of my, my journey.
1: And, you know, I think it's important for, because one thing that he shared before is that, um, you know, we were, or he, both of us were eating a lot. And so he would, he was questioning, like, why am I hungry all the time? Like, that was one of the questions that he, he posed and put in because we were, you know, we were eating every couple of hours. And, um, and I think that's really profound, because I I think people wonder the same thing. Like, I'm you know, I'm trying, I'm eating snacks, you know, I I hear it's supposed to help my metabolism, you know, to eat every couple of hours. And, Um, or
0: they, or they can stop eating, even if they think that advice is wrong. But, and I was thinking about this yesterday, one of the key kind of questions, and it, it was fascinating. My wife said, you know, I was like, I eat all the time. No, this is a very profound question. So profound. Um, she said, I think you're an emotional eater. And, and I looked at her and, and this, um, David Ludwig from Harvard has a, a wonderful book titled Always Hungry. And I looked at her and I said, you know, this is complex and there's lots of emotional aspects to it, but I feel like I'm just physically or biologically hungry all the time. And why is that? And we we could spend the whole hour talking about that because that is really something that I think billions of people around the planet are experiencing and part of my research and what I do now is really getting people from a state of constant hunger to a state of uh, ability to go a long time, not snack and go even longer and draw on their own energy during the times of not eating. And that is the human design. That's how humans existed until very recently and transitioning back to that is so profoundly wonderful for quality of life and health. So.
2: And I, I'm sure we'll touch on this later, but uh, Larry, you're now working with um, with Dr. Jason Fung and Megan Ramos with um, the fasting method. Is that correct?
0: That is correct. I'm a, I'm a coach and a researcher for them. And the community continues to grow and build, and it's a wonderful... There is personalized online coaching, I do that. And then there's also a group membership and it's it's a growing, living, learning, sharing, collaborative endeavor. So the membership side of it, Dr. Fung and Megan do live Q and A's every month. So does Dr. Nadir Ali, um, a cardiologist out of Houston who um, transitioned from one of the best intervention cardiologist to actually being a preventive cardiologist and his passion now is understanding metabolism at the root level and um getting rid of chronic inflammation which is the big driver for heart disease and so much else so he's working with the fasting method we do live support groups i do um multiple ones over a dozen well over a dozen each week I do one called the Science Hour. Just, this is just a small snapshot. One called Eating Strategies. The last Eating Strategies we talked about organ meats and various strategies for um, getting organ meats in our in our diet. You know, and just root the community is root cause healing and supporting people and helping people incorporate um, fasting diet and lifestyle changes that are right to for them so we learn from one another we get inspired from one another but we don't compare ourselves to one another or say that there's only one way (laughs) it's really um, how to incorporate these combinations of modern science and ancestral wisdom in people's um, cultural heritages their work life their family life and it's just fantastic. I've I've had clients um, reverse so many things themselves, and trig over HDL levels um, plummet, and uh, inflammation go down, um, eyesight get better, joint pain resolve. So it's it's really a wonderful um, place to be.
2: Wow, that wow. really is remarkable. And um, you know, it seems like yeah, you're seeing good things there, and you've got a method that is adaptable to different approaches. And you can, you can learn and grow together. You've got community, you've got uh, kind of, uh, you've got some wisdom, knowledge, expertise built up from your experience, uh, Dr. Fung's experience, Dr. Ali, Megan Ramos, all the, all these people have built up experience and are uh, so, um, so admirably sharing it with, um, you know, with the people. I think that's That's really, um, really wonderful. Um, And you mentioned that a lot of your clients have gotten better. I want to come back to, um, you know, how things started happening for you. Um, You know, you said you started to, um, it seems like you tried to unlearn. You tried to um, just get rid of any assumptions that you had about what's healthy, what's not healthy when you started on your uh, journey of healing um so and this was back you started may 1st 2013. what um what happened from there uh you know you were in you were in rough shape um you weren't convinced you were going to make it another three years to 50 years old um how did things progress and uh what what changes did you implement great
0: questions and and i didn't mention some of the most severe things i had so I did have severe IBS. Um, I I was literally brought to my knee um, with pain um, every every day. It was so bad after eating. Um, My brain was connecting it to eating, but I didn't know exactly, you know, what component. Um, So that, and and I also had, which I never told my wife about, (laughs) but I also had bloody stools about two, three, or four times. So there were a lot of um, uh, gut digestive issues that are, uh, and my inflammation was just out of control, and that was manifested by the severe allergies and problems breathing, and I was literally becoming unfit for interacting with the environment as I know now. So when when I started, I think one thing, a couple of my pillars, much like um, a functional medicine doctor called Chris Crosser. And I quickly found paleo because my graduate studies are in geography and I was in a subset called political ecology, but it's very akin to something called cultural ecology, which itself for many of your listeners is close to anthropology. So cultural ecology looks at how traditional cultures were able to use their environment and resources, their biophysical environment, and how they thrived in um, countless different ecological and um, climatic, um, political, cultural um, situations throughout history and around the globe. So I I privileged um, real food and I privileged um, a historical, I've always been interested in history. And I think that's the missing component for so many people's thought processes. Is that they don't have, um, they're almost ahistorical, and sadly, a evolutionary. So, if I had a, a kind of rubric, uh, it was real food, and as I, as you mentioned in our intro, looking the cultural traditions. So, some of my first um, searches, um, I also wondered if my uncle's Alzheimer's. And his mom, my grandmother passed from type two when it was fairly rare in the 1970s when she was fairly young. So I was interested if those were connected. A thought did pop into my mind, uh, carbohydrate intolerance, insulin resistance. So that, that was on my mind. And then, so I wanted to lower carbs. Then the next logical thought is why do we think fat's bad? Because if you lower carbs, you'll have to um, increase fat. So thankfully, I found Professor Noakes and Peter Atia back then. Um, when I did some Google search, why do we think fat is bad? Both Prof Noakes and Peter Atia came up and the word Ansel Keys came up. And I have a, a stats background. So I realized that there wasn't any random control trials, there wasn't any scientific basis for fat being bad. It was based on an associational studies that weren't very good associational studies, riddled with um, so many errors that Nina Teicholz covered in Big Fat Surprise. So I realized there wasn't any evidence. And then I researched what saturated fat in particular was, and I realized it was the most stable. In fact, on Twitter, I saw you liked a, a, a quote and um, or a recent tweet that was very interesting. Coconut oil is stable for years and years because of its high saturated fat con- content, but um, chicken will go bad very quickly because it's 30%. So I actually did um, uh, send some uh, emails to to researchers around the world, and I'm like, Um, so I'm finding out saturated fat is the most stable, least prone to oxidation. Uh, many cultures eating, um, pork in their diet, natural pork and coconut are among the healthiest, um, the Katavans, the Okinawans, the Katavans have the French eat among Europe, the highest saturated fat. They have the lowest heart attack rates. Am I missing anything? And these people were like, No. <laughs> so, so um, and then, but the biggest change was, um, and we tell people to do this. I took out all carbs at breakfast, had bacon and eggs, and um, I only lost two pounds the first month. And I point that out to people. I think I was so sick and so much inflammation needed, and insulin levels were so high. But what happened was. By lowering the carbs and um, at the first month, not worrying at all, but just eating to satiety, trying to eat three times a day and, and not snack. I, I told my wife, she was so supportive. I don't know how many wives would be this. I said, I never want to buy any uh, bread or pasta. Um, we're going to take out potato chips, starches, candy, so forth. And, and she was all in on that at home. Uh, so what happened, and and then I'll let her talk. Her journey is equally amazing. But by the end of the first month, I wasn't hungry, and I was able to start skipping breakfasts. And I knew it was um, kind of game over <laughs> for illness and the start of a new chapter in my life. Because when you're not hungry, then then the world's your oyster. I love real food, but the compulsion, the the roller coasters of Um, uh, hyperglycemia and then hypoglycemia and not being able to use stored fat and being something called leptin resistance. So this is the science, the biology of being always hungry. I didn't change who I was or my willpower, but I changed my biology in a month. In less than a month, I changed my
2: biology. Wow. Uh Wow. So yeah, you're seeing, seeing benefits. You, you cut out, um, any carbs at breakfast and, um, you know, in a month you can tell something was very different about this. Um, so yeah, I, I'm curious, uh Caitlin, you know, what was your experience like? What were you thinking as, um, as he started on this? I know it was several months later before, uh, before you embarked on, On this, what did you think initially, and then, um, and then I'm curious too to hear what your background was. And once you did start uh, making some similar changes, what um, what was the impact of that?
1: Uh, Sure. Okay. Yes. So it was about eight months later that I started. Um, I was in a very similar condition: uh, severe sleep apnea. We were both on CPAP machines. Um, I was over 200 pounds. Let's see, psoriasis um, anxiety, depression that I had had suffered like four from years, um, was, was on medicine for both anxiety and depression, um, was, uh, okay. oh, okay. joint pain, yeah, that's the big one. Well, not the big one. They're all big, but, um, that was, that was hard because I was over 200 pounds and so I'm only five two. So, um, you know, over 200 pounds, that's, that's, it's a lot on, um, my frame, and um, and he said you know we had just adopted our daughter a year before i'm an elementary school teacher uh and so that's you know physically mentally like you know demanding job and so first when he started um we also had his uncle living with us at the time who you know he he had alzheimers and so i was probably the main uh, physical caregiver as far as when i was home um working with him Helping him dress and and um, and self care. So Larry took over the cooking. Um, I I love to cook, but he decided to take over. I was like, "You got it. You take it over." So that part was easy. When he said, "I'm not buying him more bread. I'm not buying him more pasta," I'm like, "Hey, as long as you cook, I'm good. That's that's great." So, but I was continuing to eat the same way at school, and and then also, you know, when he first said this, um, you know, my mind went to, "All right." Sure, you know what? We'll do it. It, It's going to be another fad. You know, we had an exercise room full of exercise equipment that we had bought, and this is going to change our life. That you know is like where exercise equipment goes to die was this room. Like it was just, (laughs) and so I was like, this is something we're going to do. I I basically accepted by that time. I was just overweight. You know, body acceptance. I'm overweight. That's just how I am. Um, I had accepted the joint pain and sleep apnea just kind of as approaching middle age. Um, And so I I, I truly thought we'd be done after a few months and just kind of go back to the way we had lived before. And so a few months went by and he was still doing this. And, and also he started to drop some weight and, and, and even bigger than dropping the weight, he was so much happier. Like we had like, you know, we, we've all heard the term hangry in this, you know, like angry <laughs> when you're hungry. And um and I had thought he was an emotional eater. And and so I was seeing him not eating as much, um, eating better foods. And then just being overall just a happier person, more energy to spend with our daughter, more energy to help around the house. And um and that was like, that was pretty amazing and um, so I, w- I was starting to think okay he might have something here um we got through the holidays and you know by then he had dropped a considerable amount of weight and I remember we were visiting my father at the time and my dad over Christmas just went on and on about wow like how great he looks and it's like man no and to, and I had started
0: at 290 so just to give some perspective how he was gushing over me. At that time, I was around two thirty, or oh. at, at five nine. So I was, <laughs> I, was still, I was still beyond most people's um, starting point at that,
2: at that time.
0: So okay. yeah,
2: but you yeah. lost. So you lost about sixty pounds in approximately seven. seven eight months? Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. I ended up losing right a uh, hundred right around the year mark. So okay, yeah. yeah. Uh,
1: so um. You know, he was telling me all the great mental benefits and health benefits. Like I was, and that, that was important. Like, and also like the sleep apnea getting better. Um, but I was like, wow, vanity took over for me. I was like, boy, howdy, <laughs> I, I, you know, that's something I want. So, at, at that point, I made the change to change my eating at school also. And um, the position I was in at the time, um, I was. You know, sometimes able just to run out for a quick lunch, you know, bring fast food back, that stopped. Um, uh, if I went out with friends after school, you know, for happy hour or so forth, um, you know, the chips stopped, you know, I was just you know, water or iced tea. Um, and then, yeah, and then I slowly started to um, feel better as well. And it, it, it also took a month or so for me to start really realizing the weight loss. Um, a big thing for me around the same time that I had made the decision to stop. Um, so he talked about first bread and pasta. So we took wheat out of our diet first. And I think it's important to, to mention grain brain by Perlmutter, because that was another um, book that started to make those connections with Alzheimer's and, 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 um, and grains. So he came home and he goes, hon, we got to take out corn. And I remember, I remember where we were in our kitchen. So I'm from the Southwest, um, Texas, New Mexico, Arizona, right? Corn is God, corn chips, um, corn uh, bread. And it just, and I was angry. <laughs> I couldn't believe. I was like, how could you, how can I take out corn? Um, and uh, I, I don't think I spoke to him for a couple of days.
0: And I I do want to say something because I think this will be very empowering and
1: useful for people.
0: I I didn't tell her um, we have to take out corn. I said, and no, this is really important. This is how I um, interact with people on the the fasting method. I said, and I've heard that grain can be very, very pro-inflammatory. And I was still having lower back pain at that time. And what was so interesting um, was that I was having corn about as frequently as I was playing tennis at the time um, via corn chips. So I thought that maybe the back pain was the tennis. But what what I remember saying was um, I uh, there's a lot of research, especially modern corn that's GMO, and the way many people interact, um, the connection with linky gut, the connection with something for your audience called glyphosate which is a very important topic to research that's the active ingredient in roundup and tons of evidence that it creates something called leaky gut and for the audience members with autoimmunity and inflammation which drives so much leaky gut is a root cause of that but i said let's experiment let's take corn out and see what happens and i even encouraged her um She'll, my wife will say what happened to her, but I even encouraged her to bring it back and see what happened. So what happened when you, when you gave it <laughs> up? So I was, I gave her the science, but then I'm saying, let's see, because it has to be a return on investment right. for right. the individual. Right.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, Results brain, yeah. Results my,
0: matter. Results.
1: <laughs> my brain heard you have to give it up. <laughs> um, so we did. So I did. And um I gave it up for two months closer to maybe close to three and noticed that, wow, like my joint pain was going away. um, Before I wasn't able to sleep through the night without being woken up by hip pain. Like I couldn't sleep very long on one side or the other. Like I was always shifting. And so that was um, starting to resolve itself. And then when I, did go out friends to have some chips, corn chips um, sorry our dogs are found something to chew on <laughs> of course at <that> the <laughs> um, when I, and just one you know one evening, not overly you know I, I just had corn chips not w- way too much right I, I didn't need a, whole, a whole bag or anything but within like eight hours like the hip pain was back the knee pain was back. Like we, we live in a two story home going up and down the stairs. Like, it was so obvious to me that, that, yeah, he was on to son. It was as much as I loved all of those things. It wasn't worth the the inflammation and the, you know, and how horrible I felt. Um, so, yeah. So, so that that continued the journey. And I continued to make those changes, started feeling like he did, I wasn't um, spurred on my by my hunger, like that wasn't something that kind of led my day. And I had more energy in the afternoon as an elementary school teacher is so key, because, you know, after lunch with these kiddos, they and, you know, a lot of our our kiddos are eating a lot of the processed foods, either it's either from our cafeteria or stuff they bring from home and afternoons are tough. And so I found myself having that extended energy, um, in the afternoon and then we, we get to the summer and I've, I've then by that time lost yeah, 15, 20, pounds. Yeah. from January to June, lost about 20 pounds. And then I, I, I have to have a, a hysterectomy. So, the and and I was also starting to walk more. So, I was a little I was a little bummed, just like, man, I'm starting to get on this, um, you know, get it on a good path, and I'm going to be laid up for a couple of months during the summer. I, I was I was worried that I was going to kind of um, backtrack, backslide. So, um, had the surgery, had to be laid up for a couple of months. Um, all I, I continued just to eat the way I had been eating but no exercise. And, um, I've lost 20 more pounds over the summer.
0: <laughs> so her, her weight and fat more.
1: loss. It, it's, um, yeah.
2: So. Well, I'm curious, you, you've mentioned some of the things that you, uh, that you cut out, um, mm-hmm. as part of this, you know, you cut out, uh, starches, you cut out bread, pasta, you cut out corn. Um, so you cut out a lot of grains. What were some of your, um, staple foods, that you, um, that you ate for just to give the listener a little, uh, feel for what you were eating. So many
1: things. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, I, it, and this is really,
0: um, three words and it's so descriptive Mm -hmm. and I'll give a little more detail, but meat and veg, meat and veg (laughs) is, um, I, I can't all that. Um, and there are some people who benefit from Elimination diets and some people for other reasons go more to, to, to one side than the other. But the um, commonality is um, real foods, whole foods eaten close to nature. And one of our uh, so one of our, our, our staples were ground beef, and we tried the source as um, well as we could. And uh, um, ground beef is one of the cheaper cuts. So we got a lot of grass finished ground beef. Um, we got pastured eggs. So um, we got um, organic greens, um, uh, avocados, a wide range of um, veggies started upping the natural fat. So coconut oil became a staple in our house. Uh, uh, extra virgin olive oil, uh, quality lard and tallow, and and even duck fat. High quality cheese. High quality cheese. Uh, so we were doing primal. I became very aware of Mark's daily apple, and I became I'm a primal certified health coach, and I've met Mark uh, Sisson a number of times, and so has my wife, and he's wonderful. So it really was a super wide variety of Whole foods, close to nature, cooked in natural fats. And it it they were great meals that were not complicated. We used the slow cooker um, often. And slow cookers are great because in about 10 to 15 minutes of prep time, you can um, prepare it in the morning, uh, just built in about 10, 15 minutes, throw in, you know, meats and veg. Let, let the uh, magic of the slow cooker and you can use cheaper cuts of um, meat roast, um, whole chickens, uh, quality chickens, and you come home to a home-cooked meal that only took 10 or 15 minutes of preparation. So uh, one night might be pork chops and asparagus, the next night it might have been, um, you know, a steak and broccoli. And um, if you use seasonings and herbs, which per ounce have some of the best uh, phytonutrients. You endlessly um, have variety and deliciousness, and one of and that really kept me going. The great thing about this way, uh, this transition and way of eating, was it never ever felt like deprivation. And I've done it for seven plus years now, and the reason is I love it. I, and you reset almost your your love of real food, your sweet tooth profoundly recalibrates. But yeah, it's so doable, guys. It and it gets easier. Unlike any other way of becoming healthy, the food's delicious, your appetite continues to go down, your sweet tooth resets, you're better able to burn your own body fat. So unlike other diets that get harder and harder because of starvation mode, um you'll be able to harness the power of intermittent fasting. It gets easier, not harder. So
2: meat and veg. Um, <laughs> that's terrific. And you're speaking my langu- language with uh, the slow cooker. Uh, my wife and I are uh, going to have some some chili in the slow cooker today. So
1: uh, it's going to um, be... But the weather has just started to turn here. Um, we live in Austin, Texas. So turn means like, you know, down 10 degrees. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I said, oh, it's chilly weather. <laughs>
2: that's right. Yeah. It sure is. It sure is. Um, well, that's great. That helps really paint a good picture of, um, of what has been very, very healing for you. Um, so with, I'm curious, um, Kay-Lynn, with, um, these improvements that were happening, you know, you, you were able to continue losing weight, um, even, even while you weren't able to exercise after your surgery, mm-hmm. um, you know, what was happening with your, uh, your mental state throughout this? You know, you were, um, on medications previously for anxiety, for depression. Um, what was going on with that?
1: Well, I was able to go off of it. and um, I was so, um, yeah, so I was able to, you know, I, I worked with my doctor. I didn't just go off cold Turkey. Um, I, I went off, um, you know, I guess I'm not going to say slowly, but I just I tapered off, and um, and just like with the afternoon tiredness, those things just started to resolve themselves. I was I was better able to work with life's difficulties that came my way because the brain fog had cleared, and I was just better able to deal with these things. Doesn't doesn't mean I was that everything was totally better, um, but I was able to use tools that I had in my toolkit as far as, you know, talking through things, as far as um, using resources, um, you know, counseling and therapy, but using those and bringing those things back home and actually using them on a regular basis. Um, I, w- I will say that, you know, both Larry and I have also started like a meditation practice in the morning that is super helpful. Um, his new, um, new, new drive right now is breathing. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. We'll talk about um, math tape. Yeah. So, um, so it's, it's not just food. And that's one of the things I loved about the paleo approach, uh, is Good. that it's really addresses the whole person. So it's not just about nutrition. We are very lucky to live in Austin or just North of Austin, Texas. They, ha- um, we had, um, paleo effects, which is like, largest paleo convention that happened every year. Um, he was a part you know, he was able to be a part of it, um, and help volunteer from the very beginning. And, and every year we would attend and they would just, they would have obviously stuff about nutrition, but then they would also have things about, um, Mindfulness, (laughs) Mindfulness, exercise. <laughs> mindfulness, exercise, but, but exercise that was meaningful, not, not like here by this exercise equipment, it was more like, here, let me show you, you how to use your own body weight to, to accomplish this. Um, it, it was more about practice and, mm. and, and, training treating the whole, the mind, body and spirit, um, that really I was drawn to. And, and, you know, even though as we've, we've gone on, you know, for him seven, almost seven years, me. Almost six years, um, I still find myself going back to those original like paleo concepts. Like when, like when I'm maybe feeling off, when I'm not like when I'm going like you know something's not just right. So I I have to think back. So let me just look at what am I getting outside enough? Am I getting enough vitamin D? Um, am I interacting in nature enough? Am I um, taking time in the morning to? Do a little meditation. Um, so those are all, and then also I look at my plate because, you know, um, you know, you talked about like how we are now, you know, seven years later, it hasn't been just meat and veg that whole time. You know, we have gone back. We were very lucky to visit Europe, um, a couple of times during this time. And, and we've, took advantage of being there and experiencing and trying out foods we were in paris we ate croissants yeah. <laughs> we <laughs> we try you know we we tried we tried that and and then we looked at like when we came back how did our bodies react to that and and so um you know, going back so but the the whole body approach and the, the mindfulness approach along with nu- the nutrition is really what started to help heal that anxiety and depression. <laughs> um,
2: that That's terrific. And that underscores a point that, um, you know, all of these interviews that I do, I feel like this point in most of them gets underscored that it's all connected mind, body, spirit. Um, these aren't things that you can isolate. And I mean, you, maybe you can to some degree, but everything works much better. Um, you know, if you improve your body, you're probably going to improve your mind and be able to see things more clearly. And you're going to have more energy, more spirit, more, uh, just all of these things really, um, interact. And, um, in, in your cases, they've been very, uh, very positive changes. So that's really terrific. Um, I'm curious with one other uh, specific condition. You were both on uh, CPAP machines. How has um, how has that developed over time?
0: Yeah, so um, I think our stories kind of parallel a discovery that I think is less than a couple years old. And um, I'm holding my hands up now. Both me and my wife had to get our... Uh, wedding rings resized, actually, her, I got a new one. <laughs> hers couldn't be resized. So it was a little too fragile. So she did get a new one. So there's something called a personal fat threshold. And um, as long as we're able, it's not as dangerous subcutaneous fat. But then with something that a lot of people call energy toxicity, people eating too frequently, I mentioned lectin resistance. i'm I mentioned being hungry all the time. And also to get a fleeting um, feeling of fullness, I would have to go to like an all-you-could-eat buffet. I now know there were, again, I'm sure there were psychological components, but there was a lot of biology. So I was suffering from energy toxicity. My body had to put the energy. Long story short, you can get a fatty tongue. So you can get fatty muscles, fatty liver we've heard about, also fatty pancreas, but you can also get a fatty tongue. And I had a tremendous, like um, even in XXL shirts, if I could fit into those, I couldn't button. My I had a lot of neck fat, so in my particular case, not everyone's, it was related to um, obesity or morbid obesity. So mine resolved um, when I when I resolved that aspect, and and I'm sure if if there was measurements, my tongue itself, like other body parts. And organs became less fatty. So um, my wife had a similar journey,
1: and mine. mine resolved for the for the most part. <clears throat> I do tend, though, to I still I still snore sometimes. So, um, but I no longer use a CPAP. Um, Larry, in his um, constant um, journey to learn more, learned about something called mouth taping do the research. It sounds a little freaky, but, and at first I was freaked out by it too. I was like, there is no way I can do this, (laughs) but um, it is, God, it has been so profound for me. Um, So we, he showed that the the tape earlier, we used, it's a medical grade tape and just put a small strip on my mouth each night. And it just keeps my mouth closed so that I breathe through my nose during the night. Um, And even with the CPAP, so the CPAP I had was a full like that covered both my nose and my mouth, so it forced air back in, and it would still go through your mouth. Like so, it it didn't resolve the fact of um breathing through your nose, which is so important. And there's a great book called Breath. I, I'm forgetting. James Nestor. Right, and so so that didn't resolve that. I mean, it helped me not to wake up constantly from like not being able to breathe. Uh, but so the mouth taping helped along with everything else, me to get a full night's sleep. Like I, I I am able to sleep through the night, not shifting because of the joint pain, but also not waking myself up. And last night um, I I had to get up in the middle of the night for our daughter. And so I had taken my mouth tape off and then I went back to sleep and forgot to put it back on. And I woke up with a headache. Uh, Like I woke up this morning, I'm like, oh, like, and I could tell I knew immediately it's because I hadn't put my mouth tape back on. And, um it was a little more groggy and so that and we celebrated for her birthday yesterday so that probably <laughs> oh yeah yeah we did we did it but to a Brazilian steakhouse so like you know it's yeah oh yeah that's yeah, that's one of the benefits of eating this way the I think it's important to realize that the nutrient density of the food when you're eating nutrient dense food you don't crave all of those other, sweet, you know, your body is okay just, you know, with the meat and the veg. Now now we, you know, we have a 10 year old and we can talk more about that later, but so we, and she eats very similar to us. We allow her a higher carb, but she still is a real food kid. And so we do have berries um, here at the house. We have um, some grain-free cookie um, mixes, the whole, you know, a paleo, um, that we allow her to, to have and, and so forth. Um, so that doesn't mean we, we don't eat any of it. You know, we do celebrate, you know, birthdays and, and we had, so yesterday, um, I had a, uh, like a creme brulee. So there, so I, I celebrated, had a creme brulee and then, but the, the great thing about that now that I'm able to access my, my body fat and my energy today I don't crave creme brulee. You know, it was great to have it yesterday. You know, I had some increased snoring last night without the mouth tape and that, like, you know, when you eat larger meals, that can happen. Um, Sorry about the dogs. (laughs) Oh, you're you're fine. (laughs) Right behind us. Um, So, so yeah, so that it all plays in together, but yes, for the most part, the, the sleep apnea has been addressed. So, and um, mouth tape way cheaper than the CPAP machine. and having to wash it every day and so forth.
2: Well, you know, that's terrific. And it, it's interesting. Um, I've seen you post about it a couple of times recently, Larry, and I had also just started, I haven't read that book. I, I have not read uh, James Nestor's book, but I have recently started uh, mouth taping on occasion and I, um, I don't have any major takeaways from it yet, but I think it is improving my ability to breathe through my nose. And, um, you know, I, yeah, again, I don't have any major conclusions to draw from it, but I feel like I've woken up pretty, um, pretty alertly and I've felt well rested um, waking up on those nights after uh, having my, my mouth shut all night. So. That yeah,
0: it's really, and this is, Yeah, this is what I love and how my mind works. Um, You can hear about mouth tape and there's wonderful YouTube videos of few minutes and people can actually look up um, James Nestor on YouTube and put in the words mouth taping. Mike Mutzel, I also heard about it from him before the book came out or before I was made aware of the book. But, um, you know, getting back to um, kind of the paleo concept and everything we're doing you know, with whole foods close to nature, with not snacking, with intentionally fasting for longer periods, um, uh, not starvation, but intentionally fasting for the anti-inflammatory, autophagy, um, mitochondrial health benefits, um, all of those, um, we're kind of maximizing something called epigenetics, which is literally above genetics, So we always had, and this is what drives me and my passion in life now, is the concept of true root cause healing, both with my environmental science, wanting to get involved in regenerative agriculture to really root cause, heal the planet. I think that's our our best hope for our kids, for your uh, daughter to be born. And also to root cause, um, heal people, getting back to Thomas Edison's view He had that epiphany, that insight. I mean, he probably saw it clearly that he said the doctor of the future will not interest his or her patients in medicines and things like that, but rather the care of the human frame and diet and nutrition. And I I think he was um, spot on. So uh, mouth taping allows us to actually do what we did ancestrally, every other animal knows what to eat. Every other animal knows how to breathe. And when we breathe through our mouth, we get all the benefits of conditioning the air, more oxygen in ourselves, just these hosts of benefits that don't happen with uh, mouth breathing. So the tape is kind of a training tool and it's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. Um,
2: Well, you mentioned uh, mentioned something in there um, about, you know, kind of preparing the world for the future and um you know this topic is certainly on my mind uh you know listeners may not know this but i um, am becoming a uh you know within as of recording i think within about the next two and a half months i will uh become a father uh my wife hillary is uh is pregnant and uh we've got a little girl on the way so we are very excited and um, you know, it fills me with thoughts of, uh, you know, what do we do for the future, and um, you know, it makes makes me kind of take the long view on on life. Um, I know with your daughter, um, you mentioned that she eats similarly to the way that you do. Um, I'm curious to know what have um, you know what have you seen in her? Have you seen any, um, any impact of, um, these dietary strategies on her life and her mm-hmm.
1: health? Yes. The, 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 short answer is yes. Uh, a ton. Um, so we, so she was about three years old when we started changing the way we fed her to, now she had always eaten what we ate. Um, from the time she, she switched to from formula because she is adopted. So from the time she switched from formula to real food, um, and she I I made sure that she was eating what is on was on our plate. Um, I I didn't like the idea of, of having to fix two meals. Um, I I was raised that you ate what you were given. That's this this you know so it was something that one of those old ideas that was ingrained in me. And so it, and we were very conscious from then on because we knew um, because she was adopted. So she we adopted through foster care and um, bio mom was was very young, was homeless at the time um, you know, came from a very um, challenged yeah. past and upbringing. So um, we knew that our daughter could be behind the eight ball in a, a lot of different ways. Um, so we were very conscious about. Um, supplementing with fish oil from the very beginning. Um, we brought high quality fish oil drops. We made sure that all her food was organic. You know, at that point, even before we started our health journey, we knew about the importance of organic food. So, um, so that wasn't a big change and she was three. So it was still like, eh, you know, I'll eat one, you know, still exciting to eat what mom and dad ate, right? Um, so our, our change was so no longer organic like chicken nuggets, right? It was just organic chicken, you know, and, and Greens, so screen-free. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. great So, to give you a little background, when she went in for her three-year appointment, she was um, at the third percentile for height, and and I can't remember weight, but third percentile for height. We changed um, a little bit after that, when she went in for her four-year appointment, she was at the 25th percentile for height. And so, and the hugest, the, or um, the the most profound thing that we had changed is that we took out grains from her diet. So she was a, a grain-free kid for that year. And now she's right at the 50th percentile. For wow. Height. Yeah.
2: Wow. So, um, But. Um, oh, sorry, go ahead.
1: No, uh, but I, um, one of the The other, yeah. 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 So one of the other huge benefits we saw was the impact on her behavior. Um, at three, we were starting to see some behaviors that were concerning. Um, she, you know, she was in a daycare, a really great, a really great daycare. Um, um, people very, um, let's see, very focused on the, like the upbringing of the, the whole child. We really appreciated them in a lot of ways, but we were, we were seeing some behavior issues. And once we took out those grains, those started to resolve themselves to, to some extent. We still, you know, yeah. the, again, remember, we're talking about the whole child, right? Um, and if you, know, you do any research into genetics and um, also the health of the biomom, right? That that can really affect the health of the child. Even though my our daughter was removed from biomom at six weeks, so, um, so, and so a lot of people think, oh, you know, she was getting great care from six weeks old. That that you know prenatal um, gestational. Um, not only what mom was eating and intaking, but the stress level of bio mom, um, those um, can have continued and profound effects. And so we are continuing to work um, with supplementation, Mm -hmm. nutrition um, to help our daughter work through those. Um, So we saw a a lot of benefits right away. And, um, you know, one of the biggest benefits is that our daughter has an amazing palate. Like she Eats eighty five percent dark chocolate. That's I mean that's like one of her sweets. Um, she gets extremely excited when she gets wild blueberries and heavy cream. That's a dessert. Now, does she want the techno color food that her friends have? Yes. Does she try experiment. and ex- experiment <laughs> and 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 trade up or you know just you know get that? Yes, she does. And and we. L- uh, we let her experiment sometimes. And, um, you know, as she got older, and it was more, she was more interested in her peers and what they ate. You know, we started helping her connect how she felt afterwards to what she ate. And, um, and she, she knows now, like, uh, she'll come home, she'll have like an emotional blowout. And, you know, when it, resolves itself. She's like, I'm sorry, I had some Doritos today. You know, <laughs> you know, and she's like I, I experimented, and so um, and doesn't mean that she's not going to again. She could, you know, tomorrow. Do, and and I realize, especially as an elementary school teacher, I realize the the um, the draw for them because it's it's fun. It's packaged differently. It's techno colored, and so we we just we just know that giving her this basis in nutrition um, while we can, because we know we're not going to be able to control her diet forever. Like that's, that's very obvious. But I I also know this basis in nutrition, developing her palate. So she, she has experienced a large um, range of food. Like she, she she loves um, capers, um, stuffed grape grape leaves, seaweed, you know, stuffed grape leaves, Uh, kimchi, kimchi, <laughs> and, and and also, I think,
0: uh, along with the palate, which is amazing, this is really once-in-a-lifetime years, so she's probably um, going to be taller than she would have otherwise. Um, positive impacts on brain development, positive impact on eyesight, positive impact on all her organs. And she wasn't placed into our house until eight months, and she was on soy formula um, before that, and she did have skin issues. And we were told that she had um, egg and dairy um, tolerance or intolerances, but um, she didn't. So we were able to switch to an organic uh, milk-based formula. But, and we've all had our 23andMe and she is more prone to celiac. So um, the beauty of this journey as are both of us. So even though she's adopted, She has, ironically, um, my wife's ethnicity and my ethnicity as her two main ethnicities. So make of that what you will. And um, so many of the genetic SNPs or um, variations are um, similar. So we both profoundly healed with grain-free and she did as well. And if we hadn't, we know so many people in our circle and um, there are kids, and um, everyone is N equals one, but any parents out there, if there's anxiety, behavior issues, I and, and it'll have profound impacts on the whole family, on siblings and on mom and dad, consider going grain-free. That's my first advice, especially on, on the spectrum or ADHD in particular, but anxiety, any behavior problems. Grains are such a trigger for, as we mentioned, leaky guts, and then these proteins get into across the blood-brain barrier, and they can affect perception, cognition. I'm a big advocate of trialing grain-free. And if you're truly grain-free, you'll also eliminate basically all processed foods because it's everywhere. And then seed oil-free, you're going to be golden. And, And you'll You'll figure out keto or low carb or even moderate carb, but just sugar, refined carbs, seed oils, and the fourth thing: consider going grain free. Those four things you're left with all of the earth's bounty, <laughs> and, and you'll you'll start to heal. As my wife eloquently said, mind, body, and soul. So, and uh,
2: it, it's that is so profound, and it, it's such a. It's such a straightforward thing. I'm sure it's um, challenging for a lot of people and it's challenging to remove grains. They're a a staple of, especially the standard American diet. And I think a lot of Western uh, diets and industrialized, you know, nations largely are uh, grain based at this point, but, um, but boy, that's a lot of benefits you just rattled off. I mean, your daughter in, in a single year went from third percentile of, Height. So she was you know very much on the small side to the 25th percentile and now you know, now she's at the 50th percentile. So yeah, when, when you mentioned Larry that she will now be taller and her organs will be better. and uh, like this kind of thing, you just want everybody to have that information and to understand the profundity of it um, and, and behavioral issues. Clearing up, I, I don't know. It, it, it just it boggles my mind, and it's um, it, it's one of the reasons I became so um, obsessed about all this stuff. Uh, just reading, reading similar things. Uh, one of the most impactful books I've read is Weston A. Price's Nutrition and Physical Degeneration, and I mean that book just makes a clear cut case that what you eat affects everything, and it happens. You know, immediately, and it, like you said, mind, body, soul. It, it just this food hits everything, and I think so many parents, if they knew, if they had this kind of information, you know, they would at least try this. Like you're saying, you know, just just try grain free for a while, um, see what happens. You've seen remarkable results um, in your daughter. I've I've heard heard that kind of thing from many other parents. Um, Yeah, that's, that's just a really significant thing that I want to underscore. And I know it's just, it's on my mind a lot right now. just thinking about, um, you know, very soon bringing a a daughter up in the world. Um, So thank
0: you. She's going to be, oh, she's going to be very, very lucky to have parents (laughs) and that you're on this journey. And I
1: wanted to, I wanted to say that, you know, it is a, a, time commitment. So I, so parents are going to say, hi, hey, so I gotta, I gotta make my, you know, my kids lunch every day. Yeah, you do. But I would say what you get back in that 10 to 15 minutes of making their lunch in, you know, it can be as simple as carrot sticks, Rolled, grass hot dogs <laughs> uh, uh, grass fed hot dogs um we he cooks them in the morning puts them in her thermos rolled up lunch meat you know you know a, a good quality lunch meat rolled up lunch meat or even not good quality just meat you know just um just you know, roll it up with um meat and cheese um just a, a, an apple like we don't eat a lot of fruit but we let her eat fruit so an organic apple um and also we as she's gotten older we bring her along on grocery shopping trips so and we and and we let her choose her snacks so she does get you know uh packaged snacks but they're 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 paleo and they don't have seed oils and but she is part of that process so she feels more involved and therefore then is much more willing to to eat to eat it so so yes it is somewhat of a, a time commitment, but everything that you get back, it is yeah. so worth that time.
0: It, and it's, it's so worth it. And 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 I truly believe that for, for a pretty sizable portion of kids, um, what I call the hyper responders. So you must mention Weston Price, uh, love the book, love his work. Um, they partnered with somebody called Price Pottinger, who did studies on Pottinger cats. And when there were low-quality diets, each generation got subsequently worse. But thankfully, he took those cats that weren't being fed the quality diets, started feeding them the quality diets, and they regained their health. So we can go both ways. Again, the epigenetics. But um, we've seen so many parents, and their kids have skin issues, and they're sick all the time. So our daughter is one of the most robustly healthy kids we know, even with the... Um, like my wife said, behind the eight ball. Again, so I see epigenetics in the both of us daily and in her and in clients. Um, My trig over HDL went from uh, seven to one. Her last checkup, her trigs were like 46 and her um, HDL was in the 90s. Um, My blood pressure went from 140 over 110 to 100 over 65 or 70. All of this with lifestyle and epigenetics, and um, I just want to reiterate to parents that it is um, effort. But the the um, first the effects on the kids, especially if they have behavior or skin issues, um, anxiety, and, and so forth, which is sadly becoming common. The return on investments are are so fantastic that it it makes the um, time commitment. Um, just insignificant next to um, for the whole family, not just the kid involved, but but for mom and dad and, and siblings as well. It can transform at a young age. So this isn't this isn't just to, to lose weight by any means. It's not even just to me, it's not about living longer, but it's about having your quality of life be so much better. I wouldn't be doing this. I can eat. Like everyone else, any day, any time, any minute, any second, I gladly choose not to because I've lived both sides and I went on a health journey long enough to then make my decision to do this for all the, the joy it brings into my life. It's not deprivation. It's joy. And that mindset I think is very important. So, So parents and families, we've seen this. A lot of people we know that the kid was more susceptible to grain than the adults. So they start going grain-free for a child, but then the siblings and the adults get so much better in ways they weren't expecting as mm-hmm. well.
1: Yeah. And um, it, I think that the whole family can, because we've also seen it other way, yeah. just them just trying to make the that the, the one child go grain-free, but still like buying them grain-free tortillas versus regular tortillas. or something. <clears throat> and. And it, that it's it, not as successful because it, I mean, also the the child feels even more deprived because they are getting the different food, and also you're you're not you're just looking for grain free or gluten free options for the regularly you know processed food, and they're just as processed, sometimes even more so, just without gluten and like there's corn, that- corn and seed oils still. Yeah. So, so be, yeah,
0: great point. Be yeah. very careful. Of uh, gluten-free
2: products, yeah, that that makes sense. And uh, our connection was a little bit choppy. Can you um, can you provide? Uh, you mentioned your uh, triglyceride over HDL numbers, but it, it kind of um, sure. kind of shook up yeah. a bit while you mentioned those. What were those? Uh, yeah. Numbers? So
0: yeah. So looking back, they were always around two hundred four trigs and my HDL was always in the twenties. And then my LDL was always in the 80s. And I want people to be aware of that particular pattern of high trigs, low HDL, and but also low LDL. So then um, within, uh, so from May to October, I remember this. My first blood test after starting was October 2013. My trigs had already fallen um, to 95 from 200. And I believe my HDL... I'm not sure if it went up at that point or was in the thirties, but then every, um, test after that trigs were under, uh, 40 and HDL eventually went up into the fifties and sixties. So, um, my ratio went from seven and anything over two, um, indicates insulin resistance, anything over four, you have a 16 times risk of a heart event. And so mine was at seven, highly, highly insulin resistant. I had all five markers of MET syndrome, but no doctor ever ordered an A1C or told me about metabolic syndrome or insulin resistance. But both of our ratios are now under one and have been that way for years.
2: Oh, that that's really terrific. And I know um, if our listeners aren't familiar with that, I mean, literally just explained it very well, but like that's a there are a lot, of, um, a lot of pieces of data you can get uh, for uh, any kind of blood panel, uh, blood test. Um, one of the biggest signals, if you're looking at you know, what's noise versus what's signal, a big, big signal is uh, triglyceride to HDL ratio. You want, um, essentially it, it seems to be a very helpful combination if you lower your triglycerides, increase your HDL. Um, so the fact that you've had such a dramatic improvement in that and that it happened so quickly is really phenomenal. It speaks to the power of, uh, of the approach that you've taken. And along with that, you know, we've talked about so many different conditions, uh, Larry and Kaylin, that both of you have, uh, dealt with over the years. Um, I'm curious when it, when it comes to all of these, conditions do you consider yourself cured of these ailments
1: ah okay so I would say um, that my health is um, is based on me continuing to live and work this this way of life every like on uh, like the upkeep of my daily condition like I think just it it showed when we went to Europe right so we went to Europe um and not just Europe I you know there um several years back uh you know just just life happens and and we had had such great results I was like you know I'm gonna to eat a little more carbs here. i never, never really went we back to eating. Yeah. I started um, snacking that that was, um, not, I didn't go back to eating bread and corn on a regular basis, but I did, I did step more. I ate after dinner. And, and so the weight started creeping back only about 15 pounds, but it, and it was slow, but it was because I had kind of stepped away from the, some of those daily, habits that had been so successful. So am I cured? Yes, I I, I do. But I, but I think it's my, my cure is my lifestyle. So if my, if I change my lifestyle, I I fully am aware that those, all of those things would come back. And so, so yes, I'm cured, but I I know that I know the cure. Um, And it's not a bottle that I get at a pharmacist, you know, and it's, and um, it's it's a, it's a, just a daily a, a, a daily habit and a, a daily lifestyle choice that I make.
2: Are
1: uh, we? Uh, <laughs>
2: yeah, and that's um, yeah, that's a really good answer. Uh, very yeah, very thoughtful. Um, now I've got the question that I ask every every guest who comes on on this podcast. So I'll, I'll pose it pose it to each of you. Um, I, I'm curious for both of your answers, but now that you've improved your health, what's one thing you enjoy doing that you couldn't do before? Oh. That,
0: and I knew this question. So I was,
1: <laughs> you were getting to the, I was, you, <laughs> you get to answer. First. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, and, and even knowing it, there's, there's so many, but, uh, one of the things I enjoy in this, and I don't want to be, uh, modeling, it's it's actually hopeful. But um, I, I, again, I didn't tell my wife this, um, but I enjoy um, going. So I used to every night that I went to sleep when I was in my 40s, I'm now 55. Again, I think it was my intuition. I would wonder, you know, I was um, afraid to share this with my wife Um, But I wondered if that was going to be the night that I didn't wake up and I passed of uh, a heart event. And that is not a pleasant way to go to sleep um, um, night after night. So one of the things that, uh, you know, is profoundly when I, when I go to sleep, I know that I um, made good choices the day before Some days I didn't, I didn't eat at all. I did fast, have wonderful sleep, but I get to go to sleep knowing that, um, I'm robustly healthy that I will wake up in the morning. I'll, I'll wake up with good energy and good mood and, um, just waking up the ability to do that without a alarm clock. So that's, um, I didn't think about that till just now. So not only the going to sleep, but I, um, get to enjoy waking up with energy. I really was one of those people that took about 50 minutes and the, you know, the, the alarm, the snooze, 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 and almost feeling Mm -hmm. like even if um, I hadn't noted waking up, felt like I hadn't slept anything. So I now can go to sleep, um, you know, uh, excited about the future, not worrying about my health and wake up with energy. So that's my one thing.
2: Uh
1: That's amazing, and mine parallels that as well. Um, So uh, we mentioned that his uncle had Alzheimer's, and he passed from Alzheimer's several years back. And um, my father just recently passed um, from it wasn't he wasn't diagnosed with Alzheimer's, but it was um um, it it was a a form of dementia, and he was only seventy five, and so. And and that that's tough because my dad was able to see our recovery, and we had very much wanted the same for him. At the, at the time we recovered, <clears throat> he wasn't showing signs of of dementia, um, but he was um, the caretaker of my grandfather, um, who, by the way, died in May at ninety nine, no dementia, um, but was physically, you know, breaking down in other ways. So you know my dad saw the changes but because he was a caretaker because it was really hard for my grandfather to accept mentally that change they they didn't change the way they they ate um so w- what what is the 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 thing i can do now i i cannot worry about the fact that when my daughter is in her 30s which i'll be in my <clears throat> 70s approaching 80s she's not going to have to worry about that like she's not going to have to you know, worry about visiting me at home. She's not going to have to worry that. Um, you know, that <clears throat> is this the phone call, right? That that we've had, and so that's very. Um, that's that's something I can I can move through the day without that worry or anxiety. And then I'll tell you the the other thing that I love, um, clothes shopping. That's <laughs> one thing I do now. That is, is, so that's the vein. That's the the, the shallow one. Clothes shopping, which I don't do a lot of. I I don't. Um, I'm not a big shopper, but when I go now, um, it is. Um, Oh, sorry. Do you seriously (laughs) like clothes shopping? (laughs) Hi. Hi.
2: (laughs) Good to see you.
1: And to see you, too. (laughs) I
2: just popped into the kitchen to get a little food, but then I heard mom talking about
1: clothes shopping. And I'm like, what? (laughs)
2: <laughs> well, I'm glad you, I'm glad you stopped by. That's great. <laughs> oh, well, that's, um, you know, what a gift for, uh, you know, for one another and for right on cue uh, for your daughter, um, you know, to not have to have that be a source of anxiety, a source of worry um, to have confidence that, you're going to continue on in in good health. Um, that's it, it's hard to um, to overstate the importance of that. So thank you for sharing those uh, those really terrific items. Um, I want to be respectful of of your time here. I feel like we could go on for you know for a long, long, long time. Um, but wh- I know. We'll have a bunch of these links in in the show notes, and the show notes will be at youcuredwhat.com dot com slash podcast slash diamond. But uh, for anyone listening, um, how can how can people get in touch with you?
0: Awesome. So uh, the website for the fasting method is thethefastingmethod.com. dot com. Make sure you put the the. We have a one week. Um, free trial for the membership portion. Um, you'll also see options to for personal coaching well, where you can get a 30-minute um, free consult with me or any of our other, other coaches to see if the uh, personalized coaching is correct or a good uh, fit for you. And, you know, I'll meet with you. I'll I'll ask you questions. You'll get to know more about me and how the program works. So, you can find all that at thefastingmethod.com. My email is Larry, L A R Y, at thefastingmethod.com. You can also find me on social media at um, Nature Boy, R R. So, the word Nature Boy and then the two letters R R. I live in Round Rock, Texas. That's where that came from. On Instagram, it's the same handle. And then I do have a Facebook page called Healthy Happy. AF, where I share posts and videos on uh, wellness and uh, going on a health journey.
2: Oh, well, that's that's really terrific. Um, yeah, I highly recommend that uh, the listeners check out uh, Larry on on social media, and uh, you know, you're not going to find a much more helpful uh, helpful crew than Larry and you know the people at the Fasting Method. Uh, Dr. Fong, Megan Ramos, uh, Dr. Ali, the, these are um, just really great resources for um, for anyone to check out. Um, and yeah, and there will be there will be links to all of these in the show notes. So just a little reminder there. Um, I I really appreciate you coming on and giving your uh, your experience as you know as a couple as a family. It, it's I think it's really important. Again, it's, it's all connected, um, the individual to the the family, to the community, to the, to the world. Um, so Mm. is there anything else that, um, any other message that you'd like to express in, in closing here?
0: Uh, just that we were, um, we were like that every people, <laughs> we, we, we've lived two um, kind of uh, lives. We feel like we've gotten a, a second chance at life. Uh, people are not causing their own health difficulties now. We have a very, it's not only the food environment, um, uh, we've depleted our soils of magnesium. People have been told that seed oils are the healthy Um, option, that natural fats, that margarine's actually, that's produced in a factory is healthier than butter. Um, uh, I believe that a lot of um, medical doctors and registered dietitians, their education itself is, you know, a particular way of viewing things that um, even uh, they're told that half of what they're taught is wrong the minute that they leave. So um, they need to go on what you said earlier as an on-learning journey. Long story short, um, there are, we're not in the the best um, health environment, um, both food and like I'm um, told to avoid the sun, things of, I know 2020 is extra challenging, but there is hope. Um, when we replace um, I with W or I with we, even illness becomes wellness. So find, find your health tribe that resonates with you. So many people are reclaiming their health. It's absolutely worth it. It um, learn, think of it as an adventure, learning to cook as an adventure, resetting your sweet tooth as an adventure. And then your body, you have this innate health so much more health than you realize the new scientific paradigm is epigenetics not genetics genetics is propensity but epigenetics or lifestyle and that's why all your guests are doing amazing things that convention says just can't happen with cures because your guests we've gone on epigenetic journeys whereas convention is 30 to 50 years behind and still on genetics so a lot of people i had three years i didn't have 30 years so find great resources like the fasting method like your podcast with the primal paleo low carb keto um, carnivore communities they're all using um, lifestyle whole real foods um, connections, sun exposure movement to heal from the root level out and we didn't think we could do it. Take it slow. Progress, not perfection. And amazing things will happen.
1: What um, he said. <laughs> I will mention. I will mention that <clears throat> um, when we started this, I usually was the one who would just would just say, "Just tell me what to do. I don't want to hear all the stuff behind it. Just tell me what to do." But I live with a scientist and a researcher, so that I, I, I still get it, right? So we we had to come up with this thing that for the first 30 minutes every morning he can't talk to me about research, you know, like we, right. So, (laughs) but it was, it, it turned out be getting that science every day, you know, hearing what he was learning, hearing the science behind it helped me make sustainable changes because it wasn't just something to do short term. I knew the reasons behind that. I'm not a scientist by nature. I'm not someone who researches that. And if you're not either, finding those communities like he was saying and and not just that there's fasting method is great I, you know that's a, but the you know other community the paleo community like carnivore keto find that community who and, and but don't empowers don't you empower empowers you, you. Don't yeah. ent, but don't just accept blindly really think for yourself look for yourself don't look just to one community look at several different ones Try it and out combine <laughs> yeah yeah we combine we're not you know we're not wow. just paleo we're not you know, just you know so we we've tried those out for our combination of these things that work for us.
2: (laughs) That's that's terrific. Um results over dogma. And um um, yeah there there are so many people (laughs) so many people willing to help online just like uh just like you are and yeah it's a really wonderful community. Um Thank you so much, Larry and Kaylin, for coming on. This has been uh, a real pleasure to record. Uh, thank you so much. Thank you so much for
1: having us.
2: Thank you. It was, it was a lot of fun. Thank you for listening to You, Here, and What. Join us again soon for another story of healing.